following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthlings. This is Captain Smellsogood of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Sayonai. And when we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the jackal head. Are we ready to blast off? You are about to enter a new dimension in sound. Raise your hand up Listening to uh, His Highness the Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. What the heck happened last night? Hang on to your hats because you're about to go on a heck of a ride through time, space, and the multiverse. How do I reach these geese? Atlanta, Georgia, Greensboro, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Chicago, Tampa, Florida, Miami. How do I reach these gigs? And with all the high-tech gizmos these days? The biggest trick the Jackal ever pulled was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. I reach these The Jackal. From the great southwest, somewhere near Palmsdale, Florida, I want to say greetings and salutations all. This is Inside the Jackal's Head, right here on PSN Radio. This is the only show on radio that demands to know why, and when we don't get an answer, we ask, why not? And if you still give us circle talk, you hear uh, something like this. See, we're all here on the same journey through space and time, but inside the jackal's head is where I kind of hope some of you find your answers. If not, at least you'll go away uh, asking more questions. You know, by the end of the show, maybe it'll drive you a little bit crazier. But anyway, you're welcome. Today, I'm sure we'll have a lot of whys and a lot of questions from the listeners listening in, because today we're going to take calls, so hopefully you guys want to call in and ask why on whatever part of the subject that we're going to talk about. And who are we going to be joined with? None other than Mr. Steve Eunice from supermanhomepage.com. Steve Eunice is going to be with us. That's right. Steve Eunice is here with us. And uh, he's going to be in the house here in about 20 minutes. We had a really long intro. Uh, I was playing a little uh, Superman montage there just uh, to get everybody excited about having Steve on here. But I want to give a big shout-out real quick before we continue uh, to some of our affiliates. That are checking in with us, Talkstream Live, who really has had our back since the uh, the show started back in 2010. Big thanks to uh, Bill Freeze, who uh, for everything he does, and good friend. Also, uh, SoFlo Radio, who carries the show in simulcasts every week. Thank you, George Rodriguez, for all that he does, and for his dedication, and more importantly, his friendship. Good guy, George. Today we're going to have, like I said, a super show with... Mr. Steve Eunice, and um, the mild-mannered reporter himself from supermanhomepage.com, by the way. And he's going to talk about all things Superman. I hope maybe we can shed some light on what's been going on in the last week with this uh, Superman Man of Steel 2 movie. Or is it Batman versus Superman? Or is it uh, Superman versus Batman versus Wonder Woman with The Flash, Martian Manhunter, and uh, the Justice League of America. 
I don't I don't even know what to call this thing anymore. Uh, now, as a lot of people know, who are, are geeks like myself and comic book nerds like me, no, the movie got pushed back to 2016, so it's not coming out in 2015 anymore as originally slated. We have to wait till 2016, folks. Another year. Oh, chucks. Now, the question, of course, the years of the whys come in. Why did it happen? Why did it get moved back? There's been a lot of speculation online. Um, you know, everybody wants to throw in their two cents. And uh, I think only one person on the Internet is qualified enough to give us some answers and shed some light in what's going on with this production. Is the movie in trouble? Is the production safe? Is Ben Affleck being replaced? Is Henry Cavill being replaced? Are they changing the Superman suit? Are they putting nipples on the Batman suit? I think the the one person that would know all these answers and can be credibly taken for his word is Steve Yunus. And like I said, he'll be with us in a few minutes. And, um, you know, if you guys want to call in, please do so. We have open lines the entire show. If you want to talk to Steve and ask him any questions, call up in, uh, call on in. It's uh, 786-245-8127. Uh, you can look us up on Skype as well by looking up PSN Radio. That's P as in uh, public, S as in service, N as in network, public service network, radio. And uh, we'll take your calls. You can ask your questions, and then we'll hang up on you. But you better be absolutely fascinating, because if you hear this, then um, we're going to hear this after we hang up on you. All right, cut that out, Pete. Uh, cut, cut that out. Good job. Because if, if, I mean, seriously, if you call in and we start hearing this. We're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a problem. I'm just saying. We're going to have a major problem. I don't want to hear no crickets if you're calling. You better be absolutely fascinating, especially when you have somebody like Steve Funis, who is uh, himself a podcaster, has a great show, by the way, on uh, Block Talk Radio. I want to have him tell you guys about his show. It's uh, an excellent radio show. Even if you're not like a Superman diehard or a Batman or you know or DC Universe diehard fan, uh, if you're just a fan of comic books in general, I mean, it's a it's a good show to listen to, and it'll make you a fan because uh, you know they're. They take this stuff seriously, man, over there. And we do it over here also. You know, we were comic book fans on this show and on this network. Of course, I want to give a big shout-out to the Roundtable show on Thursday uh, that we do every week. The answer for movie troll insanity. All my friends and brethren listening in right now. Uh, 2.0, Johnny Alpha, California guy who's running from a dog, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood and listening in on his uh, iPhone. Uh, Zod Ryder, of course. Peter Hernandez who just joined in. Carrie... Sapero, who also just joined into the uh, show there. Big list of uh, members. Crossfire. Can't forget him. Uh, so, that show is awesome. Everybody listen to that show Thursdays at 9pm right here on psn-radio.com. Also, if you, if you guys want to check in the Check in on the chat, because I see the stream is getting packed here, but I know the chat's not that uh, full yet. Uh, come on over. Uh, the chat is uh, psn-radio.com forward slash listen dash chat dash live. L-I-V-E, and uh, I'll take you right into the uh, chat area. If not, when you go into psn-radio.com, right on the very top, it'll actually say uh, to enter the chat. There's, a, there's like a link up there. If you um, Give me a second. I'll scroll up, and I'll give you word forward. It says click to enter the chat here. 
So you can click there and it'll take you right into the chat area. Um, that's just for our new friends that might be listening in. Uh, anybody listening in from IMDB tonight, uh, welcome to the show. This might be the first time you hear Inside the Jackal's Head, and you're in for a hell of a treat. Again, we have Steve Eunice coming on in about, about 15 minutes here. And uh, Steve Eunice has been on the show before. He, of course, is the man who runs supermanhomepage.com, and uh, he's the man behind the scenes. And he actually knows what's going on. And he might be able to shed some light and give us some answers for some of these whys. Why did this movie get pushed back? Why is there a new writer coming on board? Why are the fans so upset with the Audi, with the uh, casting of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman? Why, why, why? Well, he might have some answers. Again, if you guys want to call in and ask him, you could do so without any problems. He'll take your questions and he'll give you some answers if he can. But there is a couple uh, things that I wanted to get to, and actually, I, I wanted to get his uh, feedback on this also because uh, there's a couple stories I wanted to uh, go over real quick. One of them is the new Gotham TV series, and you know, just keeping it comic booky tonight, guys. So if you're into, if you think you're going to come to the Jackal set every weekend here, you know, by UFOs. Well, you're kind of right because Superman is from another planet. He came onto this, so you know, just stick around. All right, but let's uh, switch subjects here for a second. Let's uh, go into the the Batman territory. New Gotham TV series set to feature Batman and the Joker. Uh, there's an article here that says new details about the uh, Fox Gotham TV series are starting to uh, are are stating that the series will now feature Batman as well as uh, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, previously reported indicated that or previous reports indicated that Batman would not be part of the series as it would center around Detective Jim Gordon before he meets Batman. Now it's been released from TV Guide that not only will Gordon feature a young Bruce Wayne, but origins stories for the Batman and Batman villains, the Riddler, Penguin, Joker, and Catwoman are all going to be on the show. So basically, this is going to be Smallville, but in Gotham. That's what we're going to get here. Uh, maybe he'll never wear the actual Batman, or you know, the whole suit, but he'll do Batman things. If they have a uh, no capes, no cows rule or something like they did on Smallville. You know, Smallville had the no flights, no tights. Maybe Gotham will have the no capes, no cowls rule. And they'll keep them, you know, grounded and without the bat suit. But uh, it, this is going to be an interesting show. You know, it's really odd that they're going to allow this to happen on TV. Considering they're going to, you know, just uh, reboot the uh, Batman live-action movie version after the Dark Knight trilogy with uh, Ben Affleck as Batman, and fans are, you know, topsy, uh, tipsy-topsy on that move. Not not a lot of whole, not a whole lot of fans really enjoyed that casting. Uh, There's a petition and everything going out there, as everybody knows already, that's old news. But it's really odd that they would, they would actually sign off on having a TV show that's going to feature another version of Batman. I mean, it's almost like they didn't learn with Smallville and Superman Returns. Because, honestly, I've always felt that the main issue with Smallville and Superman Returns uh, you know, being around at the same time was that it was one of the other men. The fans, I think, had picked their, their favorite. And it, you could tell in the box office it really hurt Superman Returns. Because why would you pay to see you know something that is not going to deliver from all the bad word of mouth that that movie got after the first week? And uh, when you, get, you, know, you could watch it on TV being done better. For free. 
So, I mean, that's why I think uh, Smallville lasted for 10 seasons and Superman Returns never got a sequel. It just uh, didn't deliver what, I guess, the audience expected. Man of Steel did a little bit better at the box office. It almost reached uh, $300 million, uh, domestically. It did pretty well uh, globally. And um, it merited a sequel, definitely. It you know, did well enough to definitely get a sequel. Um, you know, I, At first, I was really a, a little bit upset with when I heard that they were going to do Batman versus Superman, and I was like, man, I really think they should have done a direct sequel to Man of Steel, and you know, given Superman a second film, maybe even a third film before they introduced uh, the Justice League and all that stuff. I honestly think they're it's just way too soon to start doing that, um, and especially now since uh, Batman needs to be rebooted also himself. I really think they should have done the reboot with Batman as well, do a solo film or two with that Batman, uh, do a solo film with Wonder Woman, and then maybe in 2017, 2018, then come out with a Justice League movie where they all get together, and that I think would have been really the way to go. I, I think right now they're trying to rush it. Obviously, they're trying to compete with Marvel and what they're doing. It's ironic. They move it to the same, uh, they move the movie, obviously, to 2016, but the release date, it's the same release date as a couple of their uh, Marvel movies. Ironic, isn't it? Very funny. It's almost like they're purposely trying to compete with Marvel at, th at that point. Um, I don't know. Marvel's really, at this point, is really kind of kicking their ass. And, you know, only on the big screen, because on the small screen so far, it's been really all DC. And uh, it's mostly been because of Smallville and uh, the limited success that they've had in the 90s with uh, the adventures of Superman. But um, this this Gotham show is going to be interesting. I really like the idea that they're going to introduce a young Bruce Wayne. You're going to get to see his origins play out, uh, kind of like you saw in Batman Begins. This is, and I heard this, at least I've been told by a few people that uh, this is going to have a similar tone to the Christopher Nolan movies, uh, to almost kind of make you feel like you have at least that universe still around, kind of. So the people that really loved that universe could have something for them to continue to hold on to and watch. Uh, so, and then, you know, the movies will be something separate. Um, I don't know if that's going to work, though. Like I said, Smallville, when that was on the air, was a bad time to put out Superman Returns. It's a, you know, and not only that, uh, right after the death of Christopher Reeve, that also didn't help, and here's why I say that. that, that why I say that didn't help. Uh, as bad as Superman three and four might have been, they still had Christopher Reeve in it, right? Uh, Superman Returns essentially was a remake of Superman three. All things considering, it was that's really what it was. So you're pretty much saying that Superman three and four never happened, and you're throwing those two away. Now, as bad as Superman three and four are, they're still enjoyable films because Christopher Reeve is epic, man. That that was my Superman growing up. That's the Superman for a lot of people growing up. So when they did that, that, that was right there right off the bat. I thought it was disrespectful uh, for them to go that route. I thought uh, they should have just done an origin movie uh, and just gone that route. And I'm happy they, they did that with Men of Steel. I, you know, I have my gripes with that movie, and everybody has heard those already. I don't like to repeat myself like some people, so I won't go through them. Uh, but I will tell you this much. I was really looking forward to them doing a sequel and see what they could do with it. I actually even liked the idea for a jor prequel. There was talks that um, uh, Russell Crowe was interested in going and doing a prequel to his character jor which I thought that right there was interesting. Think about that. An entire Superman movie without Superman even in it because this is something that could take place 10 years before he sends Kal-El to Earth. That would have been epic. 
I think that right there would be a hell of a way to uh, introduce new characters into the DC universe. I mean, they you know they've always talked about Superman's background in, in Krypton and stuff on, in the comics, but they've never really gone that deep. I don't think uh, where you know they would flesh out a character like Jor-El and make motion pictures out of him. Um, but, you know, the way, honestly, and this is the best thing of the Men of Steel, I thought, which was the very beginning, even though I had my issues with the beginning of the movie, too, but uh, I thought overall it was really the best part of the movie, and uh, Russell Crowe as Jor-El really worked. He was really epic in that performance, so um, that's one way I think they could really make a little bit more cash, the DC. DC, they're falling behind, man, though. They better pick it up. But this TV show, like I said, it looks interesting. So I'm going to keep my eye out on that. The Gotham TV series. So again, Bruce Wayne and the Joker and his bad guys are going to all be up in there. Interesting stuff, huh? You're going to get to see the Joker. And now this is for... uh, I guess some of the folks in the chat room who are checking in the show here, um, I'm going to drop this link. This is kind of goofy, but it's a little bit of ufology-related for those who are into that stuff. And I'm also going to post it on our uh, website on Facebook, if you guys want to look that up. It's uh, facebook.com inside the, or forward com, actually, .com forward slash inside the jackal's head. And that's the uh, like page. Uh, please check that out also and like it. Please like it. It's really nice when people like your like page on Facebook. You know, they tell me it actually helps for some reason. But uh, anyway, check that out and uh, become a friend and uh, check out the like page and like the like page. But I'm going to post it on there right now. It's an interesting little uh, story that I came across. It has to do with the planet Mars, my favorite planet. Now, this is 160 meters uh, of Mars structure was discovered by a close-up photo taken by NASA. Now, Scott Waring, author of the UFO Sightings Daily, says the structure is easily found using a free downloadable Google map. Um, He says, and I quote, I did just that and found it at the coordinates above. And he gives the coordinates on the website here. Uh, Yes, I did report this two years ago. So this is not like nothing brand new. But uh, but he says uh, most of my readers have not seen it. And uh, I can confirm it's there today still. Uh, just uh, copy and paste these coordinates into your search box, and you can actually find it. So if you do have Google Maps, uh, you know you can go to the Mars on there, and you can actually find the structure yourself. Uh, the, coor- the coordinates are right there. I'm not going to give you the coordinates on air. Just uh, find the link on my website, and you'll get the coordinates. Again, facebook.com forward slash inside the jackal's head. It's right there on the page. The structures are the, it says here, the structure is massive in scale, and half of it has been uh, poorly airbrushed over. The uh, fair right side of the uh, structure is about 160 meters long, and the inside wall of the right side is 95 meters long also. And uh, interesting structure. And I went to the uh, coordinates earlier. I actually do have Google Maps, and I checked it out. It's there. I mean, it's really there. It does look like some kind of a base. You know, it almost looks like, kind of um, ironic now, it kind of looks like the crop circle that, um, I can't forget. I can't remember the town now, but the crop circle that recently we talked about on Skywatchers, um, where they had hoaxed it for the uh, for the graphics card uh, Nvidia. Uh, I think it was who hoaxed the uh, crop circle. It kind of looked like that chip that they had hoaxed on the crop circle. Um, and here I'm going to post it in the uh, chat room, which again you guys can go on there if you want. Is uh, psn-radio.com. I just posted the uh, posted the link in there. I am the big giant head in the chat room. 
and you can check out what I just posted in there. Um, now, it's interesting. It looks kind of like what that crop circle had, uh, which, of course, we all know now that uh, that's bogus. That was a hoax. This looks rather interesting. Um, and uh, it's funny. The uh, video says, alien base discovered on Mars. And the truth is, folks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal the truth right now to you. That's not an alien base. No. That right there is where I do my show. That's the studio inside the Jackal's Head. We'll be right back with Steve Funis from SupermanHomePage.com right here on PSN-Radio.com. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. Stay tuned. I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel, and more. SupermanHomePage.com We're rewarding you for something you already do. Listening to us. It's radio loyalty, and it's an easy way for you to get free stuff. All you do is sign up. Go ahead and click the banner now. You'll earn points as you listen. Points you can trade in for great products and services in the radio loyalty store. You can earn even more points when you share your favorite station with friends on Facebook and Twitter. Radio loyalty. It's free to sign up. So click the banner to join now. Free stuff for you just for listening to this station. Yeah, we got your attention. Here's how it works. You click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for cool stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple. Free stuff just for doing what you already do. Radio loyalty. Click the banner to join now. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. TalkStream Live. 
now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Free stuff for you just for listening to this station. Yo, we got your attention? Here's how it works. You click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for cool stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple. Free stuff just for doing what you already do. Radio loyalty. Click the banner to join now. Now, without further ado, I want to welcome back on Inside the Jackal's Head from SupermanHomePage.com, Mr. Steve Eunice himself. Steve, welcome back to the show, my friend. Long time we haven't had you on. Thanks, Jackal. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. It's, uh, it's good to be back. You know, Steve, a lot has happened since the last time you've been on the show. We've really had a lot of major events happen in the world of Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a crazy uh, couple years here. Uh, last time we, we talked, we had uh, them looking at uh, Zack Snyder for Superman for uh, directing this film, and we're all, like, giddy about it. The movie's come and gone, and, uh, you know, now that uh, the movie's gone, now, we're of course, we've been talking about the sequel, and uh, mm-hmm. this 2014 is starting uh, to shape up pretty interesting when it comes to news, huh? Yeah, there are lots of uh, rumors and speculation and uh, reports going around. It's hard to know what to believe, what to, you know, to throw out. It's, uh, it's getting crazy, and now that they've pushed it back to 2016, the craziness is just going to pro- be prolonged. Now let's just let's just lay some rumors to rest because I'm sure you're like like I said on, earlier in the show. Uh, if, there's, if there's anybody on the internet that knows some of the answers and can at least give us some closure, is Steve Eunice. Um, the movie's not going to get canned, so far as we know, right? Yeah. Look, you know, I think a lot of people who have been throwing that one out are either disappointed with what's been happening, didn't like Man of Steel, don't like Ben Affleck, whatever the, the reason may be. Right. It's more like wish fulfillment or, you know, ho- or wishful thinking on their part that this whole thing just gets dropped and that they get their version of the characters that they want. Uh, so, look, there's too much money involved in this for uh, Warner Brothers to can it. It's No matter how long it takes them to get it on the big screen, it's going to be a money spinner for them. I mean, again, it's Batman versus Superman. I mean, that alone should attract some people. But it is funny how there's been so much negative, like, vibe towards the casting of this movie. Even uh, Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot uh, getting cast, that was kind of a massive uh, back. There was a massive backlash to that news, which was kind of odd. I mean, I, I, mean, I haven't seen her that much, but what, what are your thoughts of her casting as Wonder Woman? Well, like everybody else, I was a bit, uh, you know, uh, shocked or surprised. I mean, I, I don't know who I had in mind. I didn't necessarily have anybody uh, in my mind as being cast as Wonder Woman. Um, I was surprised that Wonder Woman was going to be in the film, period. But uh, a lot of people were looking at Jamie Alexander from the Thor movies as, you know, she uh, noted that she'd been, you know, tried out for it. And a lot of people thought that she would be fantastic. Uh, because they've seen her in a role that's similar to Wonder Woman uh, in her role as Sefi on, on the Thor film. So it, was, it wasn't was a stretch for people to imagine her 
in a similar role uh, as Wonder Woman. Uh, Gal Gadot, on the other hand, is a lot slimmer, a lot uh, more petite. Uh, she, no you know, she's she's only been in only, people only know her from her role mainly in the Fast and the Furious film. So it, for them, it's a bit of a stretch to see her in that role. But then, from my perspective, go back to 1977 when the same thing was with Christopher Reeve. You got this skinny, sandy-haired guy who looked nothing like Superman as far as what was in the comic books, and he had a lot of work to do to get into uh, the physical aspect of the role. And uh, you know, look how that's turned out. So, uh, like with any of the actors, Henry Cavill. Um, you know, anybody from Man of Steel had to go through a huge process of bodybuilding and and physical sculpting to uh, to get to the 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 physical nature of the role that they'll be playing. And I think Gal Gadot will do the same thing. You got to admit, though, it's going to be kind of tough for her to grow a backside and cleavage. And I mean, they can CGI that stuff, I guess. Well, I mean, even <laughs> the costumes themselves. I mean, they, there's a lot of padding that goes into costumes regardless of how big the person is henry cavill's costume obviously would have had some definition in there because any kind of compression suit that you wear any type of tights that you wear is going to compress the muscles that are there regardless right um yes they showed henry with his shirt off to prove that yes he is as big as you know uh, he needs to be but there would have still been some de- definition in the lining of the costume to Correct. you know get the abs and, and all the the muscular definition that is required for a superhero film these days and uh Look, I'm sure they'll do something along those lines with with Gal. I'm sure she'll build up and you know put on weight that's necessary, and they'll do whatever they need to do in the costumes, costume department at the same time uh, to to make her be the Wonder Woman that uh, we expect. You know what it is, it, it, and I've come to this uh, conclusion, Steve. That it, what it is is the fanboys, and gotta love them because you know the fanboys is what keeps the buzz going on the internet, especially. Sure. Uh, but you know the fanboys always have this vision of whatever the character is in their mind. And, uh, you know, I, I think for, like, the last, what, 20, 30 years, maybe even longer, Wonder Woman has been drawn a certain way. The, you know, in cartoons, she's seen a certain way. So when they see somebody that doesn't fit, like, that version, you know, they can't let go and understand that they could fix that later. They just flip mm. out, you know? It's, well, I it, think... A, it, it, it's kind of, like, molded into their mind, kind of. Yeah, I think a perfect example of that is in the fan casting that goes on for, mm. say, like, a role like one, so like Lex Luthor. Uh, every bald actor that's in existence is currently being considered for Lex Luthor as far right, as the fans yeah. are concerned. <laughs> yeah. We can't think, you know, fanboys cannot cons- think outside the box and think that any actor could be put into that role with a head shave or whatever it might be. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum was a you know, perfect example of that on Correct. the Smallville TV series. Had yep. a full head of hair and they shaved his head and he's one of the best Lex Luthors we've, we've seen. So, you know, looking at people like... Uh, um, you know Michael Cranston or, or uh, you know anybody that's currently got a bald head that's on TV or movies uh, is a bit short-sighted in my opinion you know, as it, far as fu- casting it, is concerned. The the Brian Cranston thing is really funny because he looks nothing like Lex Luthor, acts nothing like Lex like, like Lex Luthor, but he he would be like a perfect Jim Gordon, for example, in that <laughs> right. universe. I mean, that's like the role the dude was perfectly born for, man. Like you look at him and you look, especially like the Batman Year One Jim Gordon, and with a mustache. I mean, that's him. He looks like he just walked out of the comic books. I don't know why fans are like hung up on him being Lex, but uh, be, like for, if you want to think outside the box, you know who I think would be a perfect Lex besides. Billy Zane, who I think is like just he was born to play Lex Luthor, but uh, thinking outside the box, I would go with somebody like Brad Pitt. 
Right. Okay. Well, I mean, he's he's got the acting chops, I guess, and he's got the uh, the Hollywood name behind it, as they seem to be doing with a lot of these roles, trying to get uh, supporting actors in you know big name actors uh, right. in supporting roles. Uh, you know, the Joaquin Phoenix is also his name's been thrown in. in That's that. another good candidate. Uh, yeah. And you know, he's a very intense type of actor who could do the role justice, and yes. we've seen him play the villain. Uh, you know, in the opposite uh, Russell Crowe in Gladiator, and so we know he has that uh, that ability to be that type of uh, that character. You know, who you love to hate. But uh, I guess we'll wait and see if Lex Luthor is even in the film to start with. That's another thing. You know, why do you think they're uh, so hesitant on you know announcing something for Lex? Because it looks like they've been casting this role for months. Um, and they really haven't announced anything, especially if the script is uh, something that was done, and now they're reworking the script. We know Lex is definitely in there. What's taking so long in casting this this one character? Well, I don't know whether or not it's taking so long, or what's whether whether it's just Warner Brothers keeping their cards close to their chest. I mean, when you think about it, what do we really know in, in an official capacity for this film? All we really know is yes, they're making the movie. Yes, Batman's going to be in it, and he's going to be played by Ben Affleck. And yes, Wonder Woman will, will, will be in it in some capacity. Right. She's been cast as Gal Gadot. Um, but beyond that, uh, we've heard you know, that uh, Chris Terrio, the, the guy from the writer, screenwriter from Argo, has been brought in to either look at the script or refine the script. We don't know whether there's a script problem or whether he's just an additional person who's been brought in because of Ben Affleck's influence. Uh, we don't know anything really beyond that. Everything beyond those things that I've just mentioned, it's all speculation or supposed sources on the inside giving us that information. And, you know, studios these days are big into passing on misinformation. Uh, how many times have we seen actors come out denying they've been cast in the role and the next day it's been officially announced that they are in that role? <laughs> no kidding. Uh, you know, it's funny how every hot young actor now in Hollywood is, is kind of being thrown in there for roles. They're like, mm. uh, Jason Momoa's name has been thrown right. in there. Uh, you know, it, it, Joaquin Phoenix, like you mentioned, has been thrown in there. But it seems like if you're, you know, somewhere in, in The Rock, you know, if you're one of these hot actors, you're you're being kind of called on to uh, work in this movie, which is really funny. But, I, you know, I think as a fanboy, we all kind of just want them to announce something already. Uh, you know, I'm like, check this out. I'm going to say it live on air here. I don't know if uh, my listeners know my view on this, but I'm happy that they moved this movie back a year. I think it's better for the production. It's better for the movie. Um, I'm not a, a big Goyer fan when it comes to his writing myself, so I, I actually enjoy that they got, or I'm happy that they got the you know one of the writers from Argo and brought him over. He's a good writer, and um, I think that's actually a very good move for the production. It means at least a, a, you know thinking of you know the script and thinking of the story they're trying to tell. They're not trying to rush this thing, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, we've had three years between superhero movies in the past with The Dark Knight. Um, mm-hmm. that, so it's not, it's not really that big of a stretch, is it? And- no, not at all. No, and look, it's funny because on one hand you've got all these fans saying, "Oh, they're rushing it, they're rushing it," and now when they push it back ten months, yeah, oh, what's they're the pissed. Delay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you can't, can't make them happy. These fanboys, I tell you, you can't make <laughs> these guys happy. <laughs> they're a fickle bunch. <laughs> no kidding, but it's true. I mean. Y- you know, I, I think, like I said, it's a good thing for the movie. It's going to not only allow now a little bit more time for the actors to build their bodies up and become these characters. Because, you, you know, I think Ben just got off another movie or he's doing another movie and he's not still in Batman shape. So, you know, he might need a little bit more time to get to that shape. Even though he's playing an old, weary Batman. What's that about? 
yeah, I'm not sure where they're going with that or how. I mean, I wasn't really pleased with that idea. I have seen photos of Ben Affleck in recent times, and he seems to have built up quite a bit. Um, there was this rumor going on about him being injured in some capacity. One report was he had a leg injury. Another one, right? Yeah, he broke his leg. Yeah, um, and that's what the delay was about. But uh, supposedly that's been debunked. He was seen in the uh, SAG Awards the other night. Uh, he wasn't limping, so it's not a leg injury. Uh, whether it's a rib injury, it's, that's harder to tell. Uh, you know, just seeing a person. So you know, that's another rumor that's you know unfounded at this point in time. We don't. I guess we probably will never know if there's any truth behind that one. But yeah, as a Superman fan, I've always loved the idea of Superman being the first superhero that inspired others i mean that's the reality in the comic book world you know right. he, he yep. was the first and then batman came after and then mm-hmm. all the other you know, comic book characters followed uh thanks to superman's popularity but uh in the movie world as far as the continuity of the movie itself the story that it's trying to tell obviously superman is not the first because batman is semi-retired old weary you know has um been doing it for a while semi-retired as he said right um which means that Superman, being at the beginning of his career, is new on the scene, and um, it'll, it could work. I don't know what the story. I don't know how they plan to offset the two of them. What kind of confrontation there'll be? Whether it'll be physical? Whether it'll be just a matter of opinion of you? You know, I don't like the way you approach things. No, I don't like the way you do things. You know, you're an alien. Look at all the destruction you caused. I, I don't know what's the, what their angle is as far as the story is concerned, uh, but. Look, it could work. Um, it will be interesting to see how that's played off and, and how that continues the universe because if he is semi-retired, then how much longer where do you can go from Batman... There? Yeah. yeah, where do you go from there exactly for future movies, which they're saying Affleck will be on board for. Well, here's another thing. If if there's a history of you know superheroes pre-Men of Steel, that means that maybe Wonder Woman was involved before, so the alien invasion... Uh, that happened wasn't the first time we've encountered possibly aliens or beings from another realm or another dimension or something on that planet. So that well, kind of think you think Lex. So you think Perry White would have known that in Man of Steel he says, "Can you, you know, do you can you imagine how people would react if they knew that there was somebody out there like right. this?" Or, you know. So I don't think there have been any kind of an alien presence before. Um, you know, we know that Bruce Wayne exists in that universe because we saw the Wayne Tech. Uh, logo on the satellite, right. and we know that Luthor exists because of the Luthor Corp logos that have you know on the on certain elements in the film, be it buildings or semi trailers or what, whatever they may be. But um, so it, there is a hint towards a larger DC universe in the Man of Steel universe, but Correct. we don't yep. know how in what capacity superheroes have necessarily been um, you know referenced. Yeah, well, again, just as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking of an easy way to get around that. Uh, she shows up because she found out from the Amazon that there's a guy with superpowers on Earth, and she has to go see what's going on there. So, mm-hmm. And it just so happened, and that's when Batman said, hey, this guy made a mess in Metropolis. i got to go see what happened. And uh, then there's a guy from the ocean named Aquaman who says, got to go see what happens. And he you know, swims up to the uh, shore and sees what happens. And, and you know, speaking of Aquaman, Josh Holloway from Lost is being looked at for a possible casting in this movie. Um, I like that casting. That's honestly probably the, the first casting in this movie that I really say, damn, that's a good casting if, we get, if they get him. He's... Dead on perfect for that role. What do you think of Josh Holloway? Yeah, I, I only know him from his character as Sawyer in the TV series Lost, but I, yep. I like him. I think you know he could definitely visually play the part. Um, you know, there is talk that he's 
um, you know, he's tied up with his new TV series, uh, which seems to have been doing pretty well. But now that we've pushed back to 2016, uh, that may free him up uh, and allow him time if he is indeed in this movie or if it's a Justice League movie that they're looking at further down the track for him to be uh, a part of. Well, that brings, uh, you know, we were talking about this off air, the uh, possibility that uh, Justice League is right around the corner because they did announce that they're going to do back-to-back movies. And that could very well be why they moved they move this movie, like you said, to 2016 because of the Justice League. How do you feel about that, the, the shooting of the two films back-to-back like that? Yeah, it's uh, a rumor that uh, originated on Latino Review. Uh, who... Oh, they're very, they're very credible. By the way. Yeah, they have you know pretty good credibility in some capacity. I mean, yeah. it depends on what your angle is or who you, you know what you think of their reporters. But um, you know that is a big call, um, and it's not un- you know it's not unprecedented. Superman the movie and Superman two were to um, you know mostly filmed back to back until uh, Richard Donner was uh, was fired from continuing on the second film. But yeah, mo- majority of that f- of those two movies were shot back to back. And that's back in the late 70s. So, uh, you know, the Matrix, last two Matrix films, uh, similar kind of thing. Uh, whether or not we want to speak about them, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's not, you know, it's not something that yeah, hasn't been no. done before. And, it, you know, it, there's a possibility with all these rumors of certain actors and certain characters being included uh, in the follow-up to Man of Steel. It, look, anything's possible, um, I guess, now that they've pushed the movie back to May 2016. That's probably adding a bit more uh, weight to that rumor of films being back-to-back. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, time will tell. I'll t- yeah, I'll tell you right now, if you want to use something to compare it, uh, don't compare it to anything with The Matrix 2 and 3, because, my God, <laughs> man, those movies are bad. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make me feel uh, fuzzy and warm inside no, about the, give you <laughs> the a lot of Superman movies. No, not at all. Uh, it just worries me even more. Uh, it, it, here's the thing. Uh, like I said, I was I'm all for it. I still think it's a good idea. I think you know I like the writer they're bringing in. Uh, I'm comfortable with the fact that they're taking their time. But I don't know about this shooting these two movies back to back because honestly, it really feels like they're not giving Superman his own sequel, which is another thing I'm kind of upset at. Uh, I really wanted to see Men of Steel two and that you know that universe expand a little bit and then you know bridge off with Men of Steel versus Batman or Batman versus Superman or whatever you want to call it, uh, and then do that third film with them together. And then in 2017 or 18, maybe do a Justice League movie. I could wait. I'm in pretty mm. good shape. I'm in pretty good health. I think I'll make it to 2020. <laughs> I think I can make it and, and wait and get good films. I don't want to see this rush job. And it's all because of the of the Avengers and Marvel, isn't it? That's really what it, it is, I think. They just want to compete so bad that they're doing this. Well, you know, I was very much in the same... Um train of thought as you have been disappointed that they weren't you know that batman was being thrown in to a, a superman sequel because we, it was announced at comic-con by Zack snyder yes we're doing another superman movie uh but we're you know but batman's going to be in it and when he used that uh, quote from the dark knight returns uh to use that and you know as part of that announcement it sent shivers up my spine not in a good way because i'm thinking no i don't want to see superman belittled by Batman, I mean, in his own sequel. Um, but, you know, I've had time to think on it and, and, and use the Thor movies as a reference point because when you think about it, Thor had his own solo film and then the next time we saw him, he was in the Avengers and now he's got his sequel 
uh, standalone sequel. And so there's no reason something like that couldn't happen for the Man of Steel True. character. You know, we saw Man of Steel. Now we get this team-up movie, no matter who, you know, whether it's Batman, whether it's Wonder Woman, whoever else is in it. And then possibility of, you know, of another standalone Superman film after that. Uh, that's always a possibility. And uh, the more, you know, when they announced that Wonder Woman was going to be in this movie as well, it kind of, you know, uh, my my nerves weren't as much on edge because... Uh, you know, then people can't just go and say, oh, well, the only reason this was popular is because Batman was in it. Um, you know, there is, you know, with all these other characters, there's uh, a lot more for people to come along and see. It's not just Batman stealing Superman's thunder. Yeah, no, and I'm going to answer somebody in the chat room here is, uh, who's saying, come on, don't BS as, ja don't BS as Jackal, uh, saying that I really wanted to see Man of Steel 2. Actually, no, I really did. Uh, mind you, I'm, I wasn't a fan of the first one. I, I've openly admitted it. I was very disappointed. I thought the movie was uh, badly directed, you know, badly written. David Goyer, I'm not a fan. Uh, didn't like the cast, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. Uh, it's Superman, and I wanted to see where they would take it, you know, just to see what the heck happened. Like, the same thing, I wanted to see Superman Returns 2 just to see where they were going to go with that and see if maybe they could build on that. And, you know, there's always the possibility that they can get it right in the sequel. You know, there's always mm. that, that shot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really, like, like I've told you before, I, you know, the one person who really got shafted in this whole thing is Brandon Routh, who got his one movie, and now he's... What, yeah. What's he doing again these days? He's he's a nice guy, but you know nobody's heard from him since uh, since Superman Returns, and it's sad. And, and you know that's to me, I thought they should have done a sequel to that just to see what happens. Even though again, I didn't like Superman Returns, but you know, yes, two Alex, I I would actually have liked to just seen a standalone movie because they didn't develop the character. I think properly in the first movie, uh, the pacing was kind of off. I mean, what? I mean, I know you loved the movie, but did you find anything negative at all of the movie? Because I know oh, there's been a lot of talk with all the the stuff that uh, the movie has, all the flaws, and there's videos. I know you, yeah, you're a Superman fan, so I know you do your searching online like the rest of us, and you you know go to websites, and I know you've seen some of the stuff that people's posted, on um, like some of the major flaws in the movie and stuff. Yeah, look, you know, I, I think as any movie you watch, there are plot points that you know could have been developed more, or there are characters that could have been developed more. But you know, in all, you know, sitting back, kind of, you know, just enjoying the film, I I did enjoy it. You know, I was shocked at the at what happened with Zod at the end. Um, but that's where you're saying about seeing a sequel to Man of Steel and seeing how they follow on. I think that is very important for this film because, like everybody was saying, you know, it's. You know the whole no kill thing. Where does that come from? And you, know, you can right. tell that Superman was was totally beside himself in having to, uh, you know, come to that conclusion. And um, there's all the technology that's been left behind by the Kryptonians, Zod's suit, uh, the spaceship possibly in the Arctic that you know he took down there before he took the scout ship. Uh, you know the the destruction of of a portion of Metropolis, how that gets rebuilt, what kind of involvement Lex Luthor might have in rebuilding the city, uh, Bruce Wayne, all those kinds of things could be picked up on in a sequel and, and would obviously have ramifications for the story moving on to see just how one Superman deals with what he had to do and how the world now sees him and, you know, and what his responsibilities are and how Clark Kent, you know, manages being in a new position at the Daily Planet and his relationship with Lois Lane and how that progresses. So there's a lot for this you know the continuation of what man of still left us um what a lot of people went criticized man of still was their criticism for, with for man of still was that they didn't think superman cared enough about people or didn't save enough people and my comeback to that all the time is that 
we're talking about a Superman, not that, not like Christopher Reeve Superman who'd been doing it for a while, who had, you know, trained and all these kinds. Of things. We're talking about a Superman who's been around for all of five minutes uh, and doesn't, you know, doesn't know what his responsibilities are, doesn't even know the full capacity of his powers, and yet he's being thrust into this confrontation with the people of his own world who have equal amount of power, and what's, you know, the, and the world doesn't trust him. Uh, so there's a lot of, you know, of, that he doesn't know about himself. This is a movie of discovery. And now we get to see in the future movies the Superman develop that we all know and love. You got to answer one question for me, though, because this still boggles my mind about that movie. How did Perry White and Jenny Olsen run away and escape a falling building? Well, firstly, it's, she wasn't Jenny Olsen. Uh, we know that for a fact. Did they officially that, announce that? That it's not Jenny yeah, Olsen? Her, if, you, if you look at the film and you actually zoom in on her name tag, she's got a, 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 name, a surname, that, a, a second name that's not Olsen. Oh, okay. um, I think that was a rumor that, was, that she perpetuated the actress herself by, um, by you know, just because it was, it was something that was you know, going to create a lot of publicity for her as an actress, so she didn't deny it. But... Um, Look, the Daily Planet wasn't in the in the epicenter of what where the destruction was. It was a couple of it was blocks further down. Um, we know that there was you know a number of of city blocks destroyed by the beam uh, from uh, you know the, the the ship from the Kryptonian ship and the World Engine. Um, it how many people died? How many buildings were destroyed? Is up for debate. Zack Snyder himself, who is the director, who obviously had a hand in the writing of the of the movie, says that was maybe five thousand people tops. Um, so it's hard to say that uh, Jim, that uh, Jenny and and Perry couldn't have escaped because they weren't at the epicenter, the Daily Planet. No, you know, but you remember that one? There's that one happening. scene where they're running away from like a skyscraper, and the skyscraper is falling like right on them, and somehow they're faster than a skyscraper. I, I thought maybe Perry White was really the Flash. In disguise, because I was like, "Holy moly! How did he escape that falling skyscraper? And why couldn't that technology be used on 9/11? Seriously, because he was quick with it, man. And then he helps whatever her name is escape from the building that's on top of her, and she's still alive. How did that? Like, well, there's, we're, we're there's a lot of like, there's, there, there's a lot of parts of the movie though. You gotta admit that you have to like suspend disbelief a lot. Well, we're talking about an alien who looks exactly <laughs> like humans, so uh, of course you have to suspend your disbelief. But um, you know, uh, you will believe a man can fly. It's up to you. What, you know how much you want to nitpick at a particular scene, or you know how uh, critical you want to be of a particular movie. But uh, all in all, uh, you know, um, I think it was uh, pretty well done. Yeah, you know, I'll say this: the action definitely was top notch. Uh, and I've always said that that if you're going just to see it for the action. Um, the action was probably some of the best uh, live action superhero stuff mm-hmm. um, ever, and yeah, um, I, I mean, but uh, again, the, the the fans, man, they they, and I'm one of them, you know, have uh, pointed out so many problems with the movie. Uh, it's you know that's why I'm kind of happy they're bringing in this other writer to look at the uh, the script, uh, because again, I think the the main problem was that Nolan kind of left Goyer and said, "All right, here, make the script, finish it," mm. and Goyer took over and you know he did his David Goyer thing. And and we almost ended up with something as bad as Blade Trinity. Almost. 
Almost, not quite, but almost. Uh, Steve, hold on right there. We're about to hit commercial here in a couple seconds. Guys, if you want to call in and talk to Steve Eunice from supermanhomepage.com, please do so, 786-245-8127. almost forgot our number there. Again, if you want to look us up on PSN Radio, go look us up on Skype. PSN Radio is the uh, way to do it. We're going to be right back with more Steve Eunice and more Superman talk right here on Inside the Jackal's Head. Stick around. Check us out in the chat room. Free stuff for you just for listening to this station. Yo, we got your attention? Here's how it works. You click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for cool stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple. Free stuff just for doing what you already do. Radio loyalty. Click the banner to join now. Do your kids share a bedroom with a sibling? Is dorm room privacy? See a problem? Introducing Privacy Pop, a new way to create a private and comforting space on your bed. Privacy Pop is a bed tent that fits over twin, twin extra long, full, and queen beds. Privacy Pop is your ticket to seclusion in crowded sleeping quarters. Privacy Pop is the perfect holiday gift for the youngster who likes building forts and cramped college dorm rooms. Log on to privacypop.com and see how this unique sleeping system easily pops out from a small carrying case. Easy to store and simple to set up. Privacypop.com. That's privacypop.com. The perfect holiday gift for your grandchildren or your own kids who want a fun bed fort. Choose their favorite color. See this unique sleeping system now. Act now for a limited time offer. Use promo code RADIO in the checkout cart for free shipping. Log on to privacypop.com. Use promo code RADIO for free shipping. Only in the forest can you see this. But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. And you might just see this. Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks. Radio loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up and you can trade them in for stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple, right? Radio loyalty. Click that banner to join now. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood, this is SoFloRadio.com. The best ads for the best rates. SoFloRadio.com. This is Randall Hall, formerly Leonard Skinner, and you listen on SoFloRadio.com.
I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, everybody, we are back on Inside the Jackal's Head right here live on psn-radio.com. Of course, we're heard also on soflowradio.com, and our good friends at TalkStream Live carry our show every week. Once again, everybody, we're joined by Steve Eunice of supermanhomepage.com, and he is actually calling us from the future. That's right. He is our very own time traveler. And we've been talking about the ongoing drama that is Superman vs. Batman, the sequel to Man of Steel, and that's coming out now in 2016. And again, to reiterate, I'm happy that they're taking their time. It's a, it's a good thing that they're taking their time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you want to explain the whole time travel thing you just mentioned? <laughs> <laughs> People probably out there scratching their heads. Well, you know what? I've actually had two time travelers on this show. I had one in, uh, on the 29th of December. I had UFO Phil, who's a good friend of our show here. He was on, uh, and he was calling from 2015, actually. He was calling from all the way in the future. We'll talk. Wow. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you later a little bit more about UFO Phil. You'll, you'll laugh later even harder because now you're probably like, wait a second. Jack was losing <laughs> his mind. But anyway, but no, Steve Eunice here, of course, is calling from tomorrow. Says right now, of course, it's still Sunday night. It's going to be uh, Monday at midnight here, but you're calling in uh, from uh, Australia, so it's, what, like almost 3 p.m. in your time right now? that's right, 5 past 3 in the afternoon. Look at that, 3 in the afternoon on a Monday afternoon. Mm -hmm. So it's Monday afternoon there, it's Sunday night here. He is from the future, man. We we can time travel, see? (laughs) There you go. You don't need a flux capacitor, no DeLorean, nothing, just uh, Skype. That's it. That's all you need, baby, Skype. But uh, welcome back from the future, Steve Eunice. And uh, <laughs> continue you know, this Superman talk. Again, if anybody wants to call in and ask you anything, please do so. Steve is here to take your phone calls and answer any questions. But I got you know, a bunch more uh, questions for you. Um, and here's a big question for you. Who do you want to see as Lex Luthor, I mean, personally? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, I've never really been one to... Look at you know casting the films myself. Um, you, you just get it just you just lend yourself to disappointment if the, you have a particular face in mind and it doesn't end up being who you think it is. So you've got a preconceived idea and then you go go in disappointed. Um, 
if Lex Luthor is in the film, and there are a lot of people who don't want Lex Luthor in another Superman film because they think he's been done to death, having been in uh, three of the four Christopher Reeve films and, uh, you know, uh, the whole Superman Returns thing with the whole land um, aspect of the character. I think yeah. Lex can be done differently <laughs> in a future movie. Um, but, you know... I, I don't mind the idea of Joaquin Phoenix because it's something somebody totally out of left field um, who is a great actor and has the the acting chops to pull off, you know the the smarminess of of Lex Luthor, you know especially the the uh, public figure Lex Luthor that I uh, hope that they include in the movie, You're not this underground you know villain, uh, but more of a businessman who um, you know is in control of a majority of Metropolis and thinks he's above the law but you know nobody can really nail anything to uh to him personally uh so yeah i i don't really mind who they go with as as long as it's an actor who ha- who can you know pull off that um that type of role you know it was reported that uh michael rosenbaum wanted a shot at it what do you think of bringing him in as lex the fans love him on the show yeah I- I don't see that happening. I, the same thing with uh, Tom Welling. Everyone was crying for him to be cast as Superman in, in right. a movie. I mean, they very rarely mix TV with the film industry um, unless it's a direct, you know, uh, you know, movie from a TV series. Uh, you know, you don't pick out Lex Luthor from a TV show who doesn't have the rest of the cast with him in the same roles. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. It confuses a lot of moviegoers. Uh, he'd be a bit young, um, you know. I, I'm thinking of Lex as, you know, a businessman who's been for around for a while, um, and who may be of the same vintage as what Batman or Bruce Wayne is supposed to be in this film. So, uh, someone who's of, uh, you know, similar age and um, experience as Bruce Wayne is in in his world. You know, there uh, there could be. A, possibility of those two characters having some kind of a business connection that would link uh, metropolis and gotham together so i would think of somebody more you know a more mature actor for the role yeah no, i'm with you uh, definitely uh, and even though i did love michael rosenbaum and there's you know it, it, there is always a chance down the road in the future they might do a smallville tv movie or something like that who knows um that's always possible i guess if tom Wally never gets another acting gig um you might be able to call up and be like please Guys, depends on how um, our strap for cash is. Yeah, yeah, no, but he's done pretty well. You know, Parkland was a good movie, man. I saw Parkland, and he was excellent. Have you checked out that film yet? No, I haven't. I believe he's trying to get more behind the camera these days. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't see Tom Welling ever donning the Superman costume uh, because that, like as you said, the whole no tights, no flights thing was his doing. Uh, so I, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily see him changing his mind and. And going uh, back to uh, back against his word. Well, you know, th- there's uh, been a lot of debate about that, and maybe you can answer it and uh, put this one to bed. Uh, there's, of course, uh, the debate that he, some people say that, like you said, that he was the one that uh, initiated the no tights, no flights. But there are also talks that the the original creators of the show that you know are the ones that put that rule in there, and then he only got attracted to it because of that preconceived rule that they had already on there before because they didn't want to go that route they didn't want to remake Superboy for example mm, well I guess that's a possibility I'm only going from what Alison Mack who played Chloe Sullivan in the TV show said live at a uh, question and answer session in uh, the Superman celebration in Metropolis <laughs> Illinois, what does she know? 
she was just there, you know. What is she know? She was only there. <laughs> uh, yeah, she said that it was. That. She answered that question and said that it was uh, it was Tom's insistence. So um, whether or not he originated the idea or whether he it, he just stuck to his guns after it was an initial uh, subject, I don't know. Do you think they'll have a no capes, no cow in this uh, Gotham TV series? <laughs> You know, I haven't followed too much uh, the the news about this Gotham TV series. Uh, from what I just kind of, you know, glancing at the the news items as they came across my screen, I thought that uh, Bruce Wayne would be, you know, a young uh, boy. I don't know necessarily will ever see anything of him coming towards the the, the Batman idea. I don't I don't really know, but um, I don't think that uh, we'll necessarily see any Batman in the show because it's supposed to be more about the uh, the Gotham police side of things, uh, from what I understood. I was surprised they announced that the Joker was going to be in this thing, though, and mm. uh, some of the other villains from the uh, Batman universe. That that kind of surprised me, because uh, if you're not going to show Batman, why would you show the Joker? You know, it's kind of weird. Maybe showing what type of, you know, Gotham he's inheriting and why he decides that he needs to come out of the, you know, uh, out from the mansion. The shadows. And, and yeah, and, and become the Batman. I'm Batman. That's my Batman voice. You like it? I'm Batman. Okay. I hope Ben could do something like that because you know, you know, look, Christian Bale got a lot of flack for his Batman voice, but of all the Batmans, he's the only one that would actually make me like poop my pants if I ever heard that in real life. Because <laughs> you know, George Clooney's yeah, I'm Batman. Freeze. That did nothing to me, honestly. I could, you know, nothing. George uh, Val Kilmer, nothing. It, Michael Keane, I'm Batman. It was kind of okay, but when you hear Christian Bale. Ugh, like his growl, man. I would if I if somebody did that to me in person. I'm telling you, I'm a big dude, but I might just be pooping myself. Uh, that was pretty intimidating. So I hope Ben has that kind of growl in him because ah, I'm Batman. I want something like that. Like, yeah, I, I just know. hope he doesn't go to the same extent <laughs> because he could hardly understand a lot of the things he was saying. But uh, yeah, something of a, a bit of a gruffiness in his voice would be good. Right, 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 and. Uh, I, I, man, I tell you what, there's not. I don't think there's going to be ever a Batman that kind of uh, uh, could recreate that one scene in Batman Begins where he's uh, talking to the Scarecrow, and uh, he's and he poisons the Scarecrow, and the Scarecrow starts like tripping, and uh, he's, he sees Batman and it looks all demonic and stuff. To me, that's like the most epic and iconic Batman scene ever. I hope one day we might see something that cool again on screen. Like, I mean, what are your thoughts of the Nolan trilogy now that it's completely done and we've you know we've are done with that trilogy? When you look back mm. at it, yeah, it's uh, you know I've never been a big Batman fan, but uh, you know those films were were fantastic, and uh, there's no denying uh, the popularity of uh, of that trilogy. And uh, you know you can understand a lot of the fans who were big fans of Nolan's um, films feeling a bit uh, put out by the fact that we'll never see that um, side of things again, as far as the Batman character is concerned, and the continuation of of that storyline. And what do you hear, and somebody here is talking, well, I guess you're talking about it also in there, about Bat- about Superman killing. Let's talk about that for a second here, because, of course, uh, we, we even touched about it a little bit earlier, but uh, there's been a lot of talk of, uh, you know, them, uh, you know, having Superman kill Zod. And, uh, you know, I've even said before on this show and in the, uh, the roundtable show on Thursday that, uh, honestly, uh, he had no choice at that point if you look at the context of the storyline. But mm-hmm. uh, what was your, your your thoughts when they when you saw it on the big screen? You're like, oh, he just snapped his neck. Only. Yeah, I was shocked. I was, you know, it was something that um, I wasn't expecting. I, I don't know what I was expecting, really, because now when you, you know, having the look at the discussions of people saying, 
uh, why did he do that? What were, you know, and people saying, well, what was he supposed to do? What were his, what were the alternatives? Um, and they telegraphed it quite a bit in the storyline. I mean, Zod says at one point in the fight, uh, there's only one way this di- uh, this ends, Cal, either you die or I do. So um, <laughs> he pretty much telegraphed the, that one, you know, it was a battle to the death. And uh, so, you know, it wasn't about that particular family in the, in the, the railway station at that time, in the subway station. It was about, you know, what was going to happen next you know zod was going to go on a rampage and kill everybody because genetically he was engineered he was designed to protect his people and to be you know to continue on the line of his people and now that that these people don't exist and as he says you've taken that away from me now i'm going to take away from you you know the people that you uh have sworn to protect and um and that's what he's going to do so there is no rehabilitating Zod. There is no confining him. There's no sending him to the Phantom Zone because all that equipment's gone. Everything. Right. There is no alternatives left. And people in the chat room, as you say, were mentioning that um, that it, this Superman's no kill rule is never established in the film, or his um, opposition to killing is never established in the film. I think no killing is established in life. I mean, most right. people don't <laughs> want to have to kill right. anybody. Most um, rational people, anyway. It's yeah, exactly, and especially someone who, you know, of we talk about Clark Kent, it was you know the the Kents instilled in him to protect people and, um, you know, to to you know the whole idea of him becoming Superman or of donning the the costume or handing himself over to Zod is to protect people, uh, and so you know it's obviously something he didn't want to do. You can see that the anguish in his scream that you know he didn't want to have to do it, but. Uh, so people saying, oh, you know, it wasn't established. You don't need to establish no killing because it's it's just a standard. You, you got to admit, though, and this is the feeling I got when I saw the entire film, uh, Zod was probably the worst cinematic villain in the Superman, other than um, Sun Guy from Superman 4, but other than that character, but he was just horribly written. I mean, this dude got his, his ass whooped by, by a scientist, um, who I mean, really, you're you're a general. You're bred to be a general and and be in mm-hmm. war. And a scientist kicked your your butt. <laughs> then you have a farm kid who uh, never fought in his life because he couldn't fight because his dad told him, "Don't fight, don't you know, reveal who you are." So he couldn't. He's never thrown a punch in his life, and he snapped your neck. Isn't I mean, wasn't that just like the worst Zod ever? Well, I mean, we are again. We're talking about Zod, who's only. You know, a few minutes into this fight, has discovered or has you know mastered his abilities. He's just learned how to fly. He's just mastered to be able to focus and to block out all the sounds and sights. Yet Superman has been uh, absorbing Earth's yellow radiation for 33 years. He's a he's probably stronger. He's in, he's mastered in some capacity his um, his abilities. Um, you know, but. Uh, I guess at this point in time, and even in the chat room, they're saying, you know, why didn't he just block his Zod's eyes? Yeah. <laughs> As I was saying, it wasn't about just this one particular family. It's about drawing in a line general, in the he sand wasn't and stop. saying, yeah. yeah, this is, you know, this has got to end. And and, and he ha- you know, happened to get the upper hand in the fight. The novelization makes it a little bit clearer that, you know, in the in that point in the fight, uh, he couldn't get traction. He couldn't uh, adjust his hold, and and you know whether or not it was shot perfectly in the movie or not or how it was portrayed in the movie was clear about that um i guess it comes down to again fan interpretation 
you know, it's funny you said the uh, the radiation, uh, the yellow radiation. But in the movie, they kind of established that he's not really uh, who he is by the sun. It's more the atmosphere of the planet, which kind of leads me like, because when it, this is one thing I had an issue with, and I, it's funny you mentioned, it, just brought it back to me. Uh, when they're on the ship, obviously, you know, he loses the ability to breathe and he faints, and starts coughing blood because you know he's not used to the Kryptonian atmosphere uh, because he's been raised on Earth. Now, what happens when he's in outer space? There's no atmosphere. He's used to the atmosphere on Earth and had to get used to the atmosphere in the ship, but there's no atmosphere at all in space. He should have just, like, died or just, you know, fainted or yeah, well, I the guess mouth or something. The, the, the Kryptonian particles or whatever it was in the, in the spaceship <laughs> that are, you know, the, the, the oxygen or whatever it might be. I mean, if you're holding your breath in space, it's different, but when you're breathing in... Um, you know that those. That's another thing. They actually there. show him breathing in space, which I was like, "What? How can you breathe in space?" When did yeah. they? When did they show him breathing in space? He takes a breath actually when he's when uh, he actually is uh, coming out of the ship. If you look at it, as he's turning around, you actually see him going and taking the breath. Oh, okay, I'll have to look at that closely. <laughs> but, um, but that, uh, I saw it and I was like, and I'm not trying to nitpick, but I was like, no. you could breathe in outer space. Superman's cool, man. I didn't know you could breathe in outer space. Well, I guess if he could fly, I could suspend that disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, they definitely. Uh, uh, Jarrell definitely mentions that Earth's younger yellow sun is more nourishing. It's you know you've absorbed its rays. So in his speech, just before he learns, like he takes that first sleep in just you know discovering his flight abilities, uh, you can hear Jarrell's narration about Earth's yellow sun. But they also, as you said mention that earth's gravity is lighter and you know and, and those kinds of things so it's it's uh i think they've taken um the elements of a lot of the comic books where previously it was all about earth's gravity and and um you know the you know the atmosphere of earth and all that kind of thing where more recent years comic books have said it's our yellow sun compared to krypton's red sun right uh, i think the writers decided to take a lot from all different aspects of the superman mythos and include them in this movie and gel them together now, they, in, in the comic books, I don't remember this being a, a storyline. Um, he's always had a, a red sun, as far as I, I remember reading the comics. Uh, the sun, obviously, on this movie was yellow on, on Krypton. It was yellowish, anyway, what they showed. Um, that was kind of, that threw me off a little bit, because I always remember the sun being a red sun. Yeah, I guess without knowing what a red sun actually looks like in space terms, you know, there are blue suns and things like that. Do they have necessarily a blue hue? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I've never been on a planet with the red no, sun to know what their no, atmosphere well, true. is like. <laughs> true. Uh, no, that's very true. But even when you know the uh, shot, you could see the sun in the atmosphere. It is very yellowish, so it's kind of odd. I don't know. Maybe that it has some effect with their atmosphere where it looks like that, and it's kind of an illusion, and it's really red from the outside. I don't know. It could be. Uh, I suspend my disbelief also on that one. No, with look with all the the, uh, the stuff that's happened in the last uh, few months with the you know all the the buzz and everything, you know what's the one thing that you think has been the one uh, most just aggravating piece of news that's come out? With, you know whether it's the casting, the script, uh, if regarding you know the sequel uh, or the moving of the date. What's the one thing that sticks out in your mind? And you're like, man, this is really like the most aggravating thing right now for this movie, considering you know we've you know had a successful Superman movie because Men of Steel for all intents and purposes is a, a box office success globally mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. though it did underperform domestically somewhat and uh, Warner Brothers might have been a little scared because of that because it didn't reach 300 million um, but globally it did really well it did a lot better than Superman Returns so they, they're I'm sure very happy about that uh, well, you know just, what's just the one to thing stop that sticks you there out? for a second as a, 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 a reboot 
Um, I think Man of Steel is the most successful superhero reboot of any of the characters. I know it did more than Batman Begins. It did more than the uh, than the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, so, yeah, of course, it was successful as you know uh, as a reboot because we're not talking about original character, you know, that people have never heard about before or whatever. It, it, you know, we're talking about a reboot, just like Batman Begins was, just like Amazing Spider-Man was. Um, so, it, yeah, it was a box box office success. People expected it to do billion dollars, like the Avengers or right. uh, you know the the sequels to the to the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, I guess, and we'll we'll you know we'll have to wait to the next movie to see just how successful the the follow up is. But then that's where my I think to answer your question, my aggravation came from the fact that it wasn't a standalone Man of Steel sequel, and so therefore we will never know whether or not a follow up to Man of Steel was a box office you know big success like right. um, the Dark Knight, which uh, or uh, tri- uh, sequels or the Avengers or any of those types of. Um, Iron Man 2 and that kind of thing because we've included other characters in like Batman and Wonder Woman. So, you know, if it is a billion dollar box office success or 700 million or whatever it might reach, people will attribute the inclusion of the other characters into the movie for its success rather than looking at it as a Man of Steel success. Now, do you think that could help or hurt Superman in the long run, though? Look, I don't think I don't know whether Warner Brothers are worried about that. I think they look at their bottom line and their profit margins and say, "Well, this is successful for us, and, and that's what counts." Um, you know, that's probably another annoying thing. Are they worried about necessarily the <laughs> yeah. uh, the you know longevity of the character? I mean, Superman's been around for seventy five years. Uh, he's been through through some good times and bad times. There's been a roller coaster ride for the character. Has been his popularity has you know as waxed and waned over a generation. So. He'll endure regardless, but uh, whether or not they're worried about whether future Superman movies will be majorly successful or whether they'll just make a profit for them, I, I guess that's in the studio's minds. Now, how many sequels is uh, Ben Affleck exactly signed on for? Is he signed on just to do this one uh, movie plus a Justice League, or is he signed on to do solo pictures also? Do you know? I don't know personally. I know that most movie studios, when they do sign actors, they sign them on for multi-picture deals. It's usually a three-picture deal including the one that they signed on for initially. Um, so uh, well, whether Affleck's is, uh, his um, contract is for something different, whether it includes him directing you know, or what might be involved there, I guess that's between him and the studio. That's right there interesting because a lot of people have been saying they would love to see him direct uh, his own standalone Batman movie. Uh, do you think he could tackle that and really give us a good Batman movie because to star in it and direct it, that's a lot of work, man. And it's Batman. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I, I guess the studio has confidence in him because he did that with Argo. He was you know one of the, the main actors in that as well as the director, and that was hugely popular and hugely successful. So I guess from a um, directing point of view, he's shown his, uh, you know, his medal there and uh, they have the confidence in him. Um, and you know he, he's a big name, so uh, I, I guess you know the confidence they're showing in him will will be seen whether or not he does de- decide to act and direct a future solo Batman movie. No, well that's a good question. Also, uh, maybe they'll reboot Batman with a different actor after a few Justice League movies, and he'll just direct them anyway. Uh, well, yeah, who knows? I mean, especially yeah. with Batman being an older character, you maybe they'll do a Batman uh, Batman Beyond with him. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, a that's a possibility, I guess. Yeah, that's that's right there. What I would like to see, Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. 
personally, I'm a huge Batman Beyond fan, and I've always thought that would be epic. Actually, uh, as an old man, you know, he's not that far off. Uh, give him another 15 years. You'll yeah. be right there. <laughs> Which Isn't it strange, though, to, to think that they're you know, showing us a Batman reboot, and they're starting with a 41 or 42-year-old actor? <laughs> How weird is, is that? It's a bit strange. Yeah, it's uh, not where I would have gone. No, no kidding. Uh, again, like you said earlier, man, I, I really think that the best way would have been to have a younger Batman uh, take off and become Batman because he's he's inspired by what happened with Superman. I thought mm. that would have been more epic. Uh, but then again, what do I know? I'm, I don't write these things. I just uh, nitpick on the radio. <laughs> oh, it's funny because fans out there all think that they have the best answer and you know, people are uh, casting this movie and uh, casting aspersions on this movie and, and you know, think that the studio has no idea what they're doing and that they know better. So it's it's interesting to read all the comments that are out there and what people are speculating is going to happen. People have wars online over the, these movies, man. It's incredible. I, mm. I kid you not. If you go to YouTube, you can go to IMDb, anywhere, and there's people fighting like this is uh, sacred, like you're talking Jesus and God to them. <laughs> It's Definitely. it's amazing. It's amazing how some nerds. I mean, some p- people. How mm. do people get? Yes, people. people, not comic book nerds at all. No, no, not at all. Dorks. Anyway, but it's amazing how some of these guys get online. Uh, and you know, is it just uh, the DC that gets this kind of attention? Because I don't remember hearing, um, you know, a lot of uh, craziness with the Marvel movies. Uh, like, you know, and it, the, look, Iron Man is a perfect example. Like everything, there's anytime there's an Iron Man movie or anything Iron Man, it's nothing but positive buzz. Why can't that happen for DC? I guess because people have been invested in these characters for so long that they ha- have preconceived ideas of how they're supposed to be portrayed. You know, Iron Man has only been shown on, t- on in live action in one version now and that's right you know what when we if they ever decide to reboot the iron man movies down in the future there'll be people who will be comparing them and criticizing them you know to the originals just like we're doing now with superman and batman and all these different characters who have been around on film for a lot longer than uh than some of these marvel characters who are just now getting their uh their first look at live action films yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's funny because with the uh, movement of this film to 2016, they they placed it right around X-Men Apocalypse, I believe, is coming out. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that DC did that on purpose? Do you think that uh, they did it to compete and maybe uh, start to, to show off a little bit when they have this great epic Batman versus Superman versus Wonder Woman with Flash, Martian Manhunter, and perhaps, perhaps Lex Luthor, Justice League, somewhere in the middle? Yeah, they may have jumped the gun a little bit in their announcement. So, uh, it, you know, I guess they want to keep the hype going and keep fans, you know, uh, talking about it and, and anticipating it. But, uh, you know, then they just shoot themselves in the foot when they delay it 10 months longer and fans start complaining that now they have to wait even more. I mean, re- you know, remember the days when you just heard about a movie when you first saw the trailer and that was it. You went and saw the movie and, right, you know, yeah. you, you didn't know it was coming out. That's I think that's the thing with having so much information on the internet now. Everything mm-hmm. is, you know, up to the minute, and they release everything so quickly. It's like you, and I was having this discussion with a friend of mine about Doctor Who, of all things, uh, where we didn't really know much about the fiftieth anniversary. We didn't know what was going on. Uh, there was very, there was very hush hush, you know, for the, the who was going to be in it and this and that. And I said, you know, I like that. 
I wish that movies did more of that, and they didn't tell mm. us anything because mm. when you see it, you you see it like with virgin eyes, man. You don't know what everything. The one thing I hate is knowing everything about a movie a year in advance. So when I go yeah. see it, I can almost recite the dialogue as it's happening, like if I seen the movie. You know what I mean? So that's the worst thing. And and I'll tell you what, when I saw the Phantom Menace trailer in the theaters for the first time, uh, that was epic. The Phantom yeah. Menace, we, we went to see it. We bought tickets to a movie we didn't want to see just to see the trailer. And it was a bunch of us. We were excited. It was the greatest thing ever. And we didn't know anything else about the movie until it came out. And we did it on purpose because we wanted to have that experience. And then it was ruined. And we, our childhoods were raped. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, it was exciting, and I want that kind of feeling again. And I would hope that uh, they, they do more of that. And that's, I kind of like what DC does now, where they don't really you know, tell you all the information. They're kind of like secretive about everything. Mm. No, I definitely agree with you there. That's almost Nolan-esque, isn't it? Because that's how Christopher Nolan uh, does it all the time. So yeah, I think they've true. adapted that to, mm-hmm. uh, to their overall agenda with these films. Now, do you think they, that we are going to get like a, a Flash movie and Wonder Woman solo flick anytime soon? Look, I don't know about any time soon. I definitely think there's a possibility down the line and that the characters call for it, but um, I think we'll probably see a joint movie before we see um, those characters developed in their solo films after they, you know, are um, jettisoned from a Justice League movie. It's an interesting way of doing it. It's a kind of a reverse way of doing it, but um, yeah. I guess we'll see if that's a, if it's a successful method. I mean, I guess it, it just... Uh, it, it's going to be a surprise because now nobody knows what the hell's going going to happen i mean you know i think everybody kind of knew that we might get a a batman down the road joining henry cavill superman and i think like you said everybody you know expected to be a young bruce wayne that joins Mm. the the fun uh but now it's completely topsy-turvy we don't know what's going to happen so at least that much of it is exciting you know where it's going to be at least something when we see it it's going to catch us by surprise right i mean that's the hope but that's the hope again a 40 something year old Batman, that's going to be weird for the first time we see him on screen. And, uh, you, you know, I think they're doing, I think they really went with Ben Affleck because they want to get to that scene from, like, the Dark Knight Returns. That mm. that victory well, I scene. Think Snyder's, <laughs> Snyder has said to him, said in, a, um, in an interview, I think it was after the live fan event, that they are not adapting uh, the Dark Knight Returns. They just, he just thought that that was a recognizable piece that fans would. Absolutely, you know, would instantly recognize once they read the quote from it. Um, so that was an iconic Superman Batman meeting, but they're not actually adapting anything from that. As far as he was, con- he was uh, concerned in that interview that he did with uh, Kevin Smith on. Uh, uh, on yeah, TV. but how many how many people lie in Hollywood, Steve? Well, that's you very know? true. Uh, I can only tell you what he's saying. I can't <laughs> tell you what he's thinking. One person who is definitely not a liar and he's always open-minded about these things is my good friend Oscar Benjamin, who's joining us here. Uh, the compassionate wolf himself, you're live on Inside the Jackal's Head with Mr. Steve Yunus. Welcome, sir. Hey, hey, how you doing, Angel? How you doing, Steve? Good to talk hey, to you good guys. Thanks. Good, good to talk to you, too. <laughs> I, am, I have to say, first of all, you, the two of you are discussing Superman in a brilliant wonderfully civilized manner and the the topics you're bringing up are fantastic so i must oh, thank you on that so it's thank you. it's a very refreshing conversation and i like the direction of this conversation there's some things i disagree with but the fact that the two of you are bringing it up is fantastic and great so well, kudos. G- give us your Thanks. insight here on what do you think uh, of uh, men of steel Here's what's going on, and I have an inside source, and it's a Ooh. very, it's a very reliable inside source. The Man of Steel and Justice, the Justice League movie are being filmed back to back. 
That's what's going on. Well, we've we all know that already. We already covered that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Uh, See, you got me all excited. I even muted myself so there'll be no interruptions, no sound okay. effects, uh, no noises. All right. all right. I thought I had a scoop for you guys, but so what? Oh. <laughs> Jesus. But I appreciate you calling in, man. Do you have uh, any questions for Steve here uh, regarding uh, the movie? Uh, yeah, Steve. What? It, okay, um, you and I are on the same. It seems like on the same track on the Man of Steel. Basically, right. it seems like you definitely enjoyed it as much as I have. Also, mm-hmm. what yeah, would they, you they have? Um, There's some a couple of issues I'm sure you have with the film. What would you? What direction would you like to see the film go? And what what avenues would you like to have seen explored in the film? I probably would have liked to have seen a little more of. You know, I think one of the complaints that people had that maybe i shared was seeing some superman trying or concerned about uh the you know the people of metropolis or the people that were you know amongst it he did show at one stage in smallville telling people to get inside it's not safe and he caught that uh that one uh pilot who fell from the helicopter and and landed him safely on the ground i would have liked to seen a little bit of more of that when they headed to metropolis uh or you know looking around to see you know his concern for the people or uh, attempting to maybe take things away from the city a little bit more, maybe something along those lines maybe would have uh, calmed some of the, the complaints that people had about uh, the destruction. <laughs> you know, that's a common complaint, and it's it really strikes me as somewhat um, bizarre and perhaps a little hypocritical because as comic book fans and comic book readers, we, are, we have grown up with that kind of destruction reading comics. Mm. I mean, take a look at, like I brought up in the chat room, Galacticus, for instance, Here's a being that devout the world, so we gleefully read it. And- <laughs> That's true, even though your internet is uh, being interrupted for some reason there. Oscar Benjamin, are you there? Uh, yes, I think you lost oh. me for a minute. <laughs> lost you for a second. Uh, continue, my friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, like I was you, saying... He was making I'll- a good point, though. He was making- Before he got all hiccuped there, you were making a good point. Continue. Yeah. I was, I'm, like I said, started saying, I'm somewhat struck upon this, what I see as a hypocritical reaction to this so-called collateral damage. It was collateral damage, granted, that mm. Superman and Zod, when they're fighting each other in Metropolis. But as comic book readers, we have, we have gleefully loved and read scenes of such destruction on more of a massive level. So why all suddenly are we concerned about, you know, when we are given what exactly we wanted to see all these years reading comic books. Why are we so concerned and why are we suddenly so um, weak-kneed when we see this destruction on the screen? I mean, it just strikes me as bizarre and uh, interesting. You know, my my thing, real quick, not to uh, cut you off, and and I want to let Steve also answer, but real quick, uh, my whole thing is it's bizarre how, yeah, there's a huge amount of destruction and people complain about that, but it almost seems like people were more upset that Superman killed Zod than they were about the destruction and all the innocent civilians that died during the battle at Metropolis. Yeah, yeah I actually, I, thought, I saw it the other way around. Most of the complaints after people got over the whole neck-snapping thing was the destruction and, uh, you know, that how much destruction there was. And I think to answer your, your question in regards to why are we, you know, why were there so many complaints when we, you know, uh, quite happily devour this type of uh, stories... I think it's not necessarily the destruction itself, but the um, non-reaction from Superman at that destruction that was shown in the film was probably what people were looking for. Not the destruction or the level of destruction itself, but Superman's reaction to it. 
But you also you brought up a good point. Also, this is a Superman that's relatively new and inexperienced. Yeah. So he's yep. forming his he's forming his philosophy about the non-killing and what have you. And that's yes. philosophy all of us should have. But what really what alternative did he have when he's when he's obviously outnumbered by you know his fellow Kryptonians who are starting to develop their own powers? So he realizes, you know, what's how can I confront this? You know, these power, these powerful beings. And if he wants to take the battle somewhere else, like a lot of people complain, well, well, how come he didn't draw him to somewhere else? You know, they're they're not that they're not that stupid. They're obviously going to use the people against him and his mm. reluctance to battle him. You know, with his full power because of the people around him. So it was actually a stroke of genius on Zod's part. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I 100% agree that there wasn't much option to him. He didn't have a lot of breathing space to kind of formulate these, you know, any alternatives and. Uh, I think some of the problem that people had with it was more from an editing point of view in after the fight and all that kind of stuff. It kind of quickly went to a jokey scene where even destroying the satellite and then quickly going back to the Daily Planet and that's kind of the movie ended. Right. I think something like a, a fade to black and a, just a bit of a you know delay and then kind of go into that next scene would have given people a more of an indication that time had passed. We don't, you know, right. we see... Lois in the Daily Planet being offered tickets to a game by Steve Lombard and, you know, and, and the city seems to be functioning pretty quickly, you know. Uh, I think if they'd been given a yeah, how did that of a time lapse <laughs> and we've been shown that this is some, somewhere down the track, people might not have had such a big problem with, those, with the ending to the film. I, yeah, how did that happen? I mean, yeah, how did that happen? Uh, the city is destroyed, and the next scene, he's driving his bike down Metropolis like it's like nothing happened, and he's working on the Daily Planet. That's yeah, well, we don't know <laughs> how much time has passed. Exactly, that's the question. Yeah, man, yeah, that's the big and question: was, how much time has also, passed? And I also think, as intelligent, you know, movie viewers and readers, that we should conclude that some time has passed. And, exactly. You know, he's dealt with the he's dealt with the uh, ramifications and perhaps the consequences of his actions in a private manner. Maybe he. Maybe you know, he flew backwards on the Earth and uh, turned back time like nothing happened. <laughs> God, that's terrible. But there are there are certain there are certain editing tropes that I think could have been used that would have indicated to people, you know, things like time have passed, you know, passing rather than just a quick cut. I, you know, I think I think a lot of fans would have you know not said anything if they would have shown like a scene of uh, some construction work going on as he's going through Metropolis. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, of some of the buildings still being reconstructed. You know, if they show some of that. I think people wouldn't have said anything, but the fact that he's like driving his bike and there's nothing, you know, it's like nothing happened. That's yeah. I think where you know people are like, wait a second, did a decade pass because to rebuild an entire city, man? Because I think the report was like what seven hundred billion dollars in damages to report to rebuild that would take a long time. I mean, it's Who taking. Reported that? Uh, well, there's a website that actually did a report that did a calculation of all the damage in the movie. Yeah. I'll send you the link later. And, and I uh, take that into consideration. Based on <laughs> based on the destruction in the movie, uh, this website calculated that it would cost about seven hundred billion dollars to rebuild Metropolis and. Yeah, he also calculated that hundred million people had died or something like that. Where Zack Snyder tells us it was five. So yeah, how does that work, Zack Snyder? Did you <laughs> teleport the people out of Metropolis? Is that how it happened? Did, <laughs> are we doing a Star Trek? And Superman crossover that we didn't know about here. What's going? On? <laughs> Are we not teleporting the civilians out of the danger zones? I don't know how that worked, Zach. Uh, you know his action is great, but storytelling, man. I, I tell you, David Goyer's not my guy. I really. I, mm -hmm. That's why I'm happy they brought in this this writer. And now uh, I'll say it again: 
get the bright writers to you know make sure the script is good and we'll be good. Oscar, uh, we're, we're running short out of time here. I got to let you go, my friend. Thank you for okay. calling in. Well, thank you and, for um, talking to me for a brief minute, and it was a pleasure talking to you, gentlemen, as usual. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank All you, right, sir. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Steve, listen, I know that uh, we're short on time here, but I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your radio show real quick and uh, give out the website uh, link to the show that you can go and check out. I know that you guys do a podcast every week talking about Superman and, yep. of course, the Speeding Bullet. And please tell us about this. Yeah, every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, Michael Bailey and I do a live broadcast for one hour titled uh, Radio KAL Live. We talk about Superman and what's going on in the week of Superman for that particular week. Uh, we also do a uh, weekly video report on recapping the the Superman news items that have happened in a particular week. That's posted every Friday on the website. And uh, so you can check out everything there at supermanhomepage.com. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you again so much for being on the show with us and, and spending here an hour plus with us. We love having you on and hope it's not another year and a half or two before we have you back on, my friend. We've got to have you on here more often. And have uh, sounds good. A civilized conversation. How fans should have, you know, that, this yelling and bickering and, and all that stuff. Thank you, for Steve. Sure. You're a gentleman. No, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on the show. It's been it's been great. Take care, my friend. Bye. Guys, we're going to be back here in a couple minutes. We're going to pay a couple bills, and uh, we'll be back on Inside the Jackal's Head right here on psn-radio.com. This is the Public Welcome Service Network to Radio. Future Theater Radio with Bill and Nancy Byrne. son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him... You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, there's another one. Wow. Busy, busy me. So, anyway... Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. My friends keep commenting on my comment. Oh, there's another one. So many comments on my comment. Oh, I can't wait to watch TV tonight. Playoffs! Hey, guys, check out my new video game. Wait, wait. Mom, what? What? What'd you say? Wait a second, what? This weekend... Unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. 
Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement. Brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Foreclosure is hard on every member of the family, but your family is not alone. If you're struggling with your mortgage, there is help. To learn about the government's Making Home Affordable program, visit makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE to speak to a HUD-approved housing counselor. It's free of charge. Visit makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE today. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, NeighborWorks America, and the Ad Council. When you're ready to actually lose weight safely and steadily while being monitored by a physician, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson is there for you. The family medicine practice was established by her father in 1956 and continues as a medical practice that now specializes in weight reduction. Dr. Kim Jacobson joined the practice 20 years ago as both a family medicine practitioner and weight loss specialist. The weight loss clinic utilizes a combination of appetite suppression medication and vitamins to produce great results, usually three to four pounds per week for most patients. Now you can change your lifestyle while still enjoying your own food, just less of it. They offer a choice of two, three, or four week plans. So whether you just need to lose a few pounds or a lot, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson can help you. They're located at 5454 Northeast 4th Avenue in Miami, just two blocks west of 54th Street and Biscayne Boulevard. Call them at 305-751-0091. They'll be happy to answer any and all of your questions. That's 305-751-0091. Get started on a beautiful new body today with Dr. Kim Jacobson and the weight loss clinic. God, I've done it. Cage, come here! I want you! What? What? God! Sleeping, dude. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. What? I did it. What'd you do? I've done it. I fucking did it. The most powerful tool in singing technology since yodeling, dude. Oh, my God. Inward singing. What? Check it out. It's an invention, and it makes nonstop rocking possible. Think about it, man! Rock singers are only rocking you half the time! The other time they're, they're, they're the breathing in! But not anymore, baby! <laughs> not with inward singing, check it out! And then I start some lyrics 
can't believe I'm singing And I'm never fucking stopping And I'm always fucking singing it Now you know that I will never stop the fucking singing I'm like a fucking one-man band I'm like a fucking one-man band And I can sing like that all fucking night Wow it wasn't really non-stop, though. There was a slight... Ah, shut up! It is non-stop! And the other thing is that when I'm fucking singing in, it sounds even better than when I'm singing out! Shut up! Fuck you! You fucking dick! Always naysaying! Everything I create! You piece of shit! You create something like inward singing! You fucking shit! You fucking sit in your tower! You fucking nap! What's funny? You fucking bitch! Fucking fuck out! Fucking cock ass! You're fired. Um, that one. All right, everybody, we are back on Inside the Jackal's Head right here live on psn-radio.com. And uh, I want to, again, thank everybody who's listening in on the uh, network here on Shotcast. Of course, all our friends on SoFlo Radio and TalkStream Live. I want to thank uh, the guest tonight, Mr. Steve Eunice from uh, supermanhomepage.com, who is a real gentleman, and I love having him on. Just uh, even though if we don't agree that the movie's great. You know, we you know that's the great thing about having a civilized discussion with somebody where you don't always have to agree, and you know you can still discuss the movie. And it was again a great show. I love having him on, and hopefully we can have him back on soon. Hopefully the next time we have him on, we have some positive news uh, with this Superman movie because Jesus, man, it seems like there's always something negative concerning this film. Now we're gonna be back on here next uh, week. We actually uh, are gonna be live. Again next week, I don't have a uh, set guest for that show yet, or do we? Do we have a set guest uh, for that show coming up, uh, Pete? Anything yet? No, nothing yet. All right, Pete. So no, nothing. No, not a thing. Okay, so no, we don't have a, uh, a guest yet, but we'll be live on uh, next week here on Sunday on Inside the Jackal Said. Our the next guest we actually have booked right now is going to be uh, coming up in February sixteen. Sixteen, right, Petey? Yeah, 16. All right. February 16th. Yeah, thanks, Petey. Yeah, uh, February 16th, and uh, it's going to be, uh, let's see, Mary D. Jones and Larry Flaxman are going to join us. And, uh, we're going to talk about their book, Viral Mythology. And uh, let's see, I'm going to give you a little description here of the book to kind of whet your appetite. It says, uh, prolific authors of many bestsellers, Mary D. Jones and Larry Flaxman, are releasing a groundbreaking new book, Viral Mythology, how the truth of the ancients was encoded and passed down throughout legend, art, and agriculture. <clears throat> I'll record that later again. Based on their uh, decades of research and experience in metaphysics and paranormal, the uh, ancient history, uh, they have unearthed a fascinating phenomenon of uh, the, I guess, the engineers, and which are ageless in stories. So uh, we're going to talk to them about this book, Viral Mythology and the Ancient Stories of the engineers uh interesting uh book i actually got the book and i've been going through it it's 
really, really intricate, man. It's a it's a, a wicked book. I can't wait to tell you more about it when they're on the show. But right now I'm like halfway through the book, so it's going to take me another at least week to really read the whole thing. Uh, but check it out. I'm going to post the uh, the link once again on uh, the Facebook account if you guys want to check out the uh, the book. Uh, viral mythology you can check out the um, event page which I'm going to post over there again is facebook.com forward slash inside the jackal's head and uh, go there in fact if you go to inside the jackal's head you're going to see the link pretty soon actually that's I'm sorry it's just the jackal's head just go to forward facebook.com forward slash the jackal's head and just for those who might not know the jackal is t-h-a not T-H-E, so T-H-A-J-A-C-K-A-L-S-H-E-A-D, The Jackal's Head. And I'm going to post a link on there right now to the episode, again, February 16th, 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, that's going to be live right here on PSN Radio. I do have another show coming up this week on Tuesday night. Skywatchers Radio is going to be live. And uh, we have a young lady who is an abductee. Her name is Erica Gotesh, or Goch, Goch. I'm probably butchering this young lady's name. I will get it right by the time we do the show, I promise her. And I promise you, the audience, who don't, who doesn't want to hear me butcher names. So I will remember her last name. I know her first name is Erica. She's a lovely lady. Just met her a few days ago. And she's an abductee. And she has a hell of a, a heck of a really good story. And not only that, she uh, comes highly recommended by a good friend of ours here on the show, Thomas uh, Reed, who is going to be back on the show pretty soon. So uh, contactee. Huh? Not bad. Stick around for that. And then Thomas Reed, the person who recommended her, is going to be on with us on March 18th. So there you go. We, uh, we're booking a lot of shows in advance. And speaking of which, i got to give a shout-out to my roundtable crew, all of them, and uh, the shows coming up. Uh, we have uh, two new hosts that have joined that show, uh, Pete Hernandez III and Kerry Sepero have both uh, joined officially. They're going to be live uh, this Thursday coming up. And uh, it's going to be the first time that we have that many heads on one round table. That's going to be a lot of fun. But also, on let me see here, January 30th, we have at 9 p.m. that Thursday, none other than the legendary comic book artist Mark McKenna, who's been on this show several times. He's a good friend. I've uh, done a video stuff with him in the past. I uh, love Mark McKenna. He's one of my favorite human beings, just like Steve Eunice is one of my favorite human beings. Mark McKenna is an awesome dude and one of the greatest comic book artists ever. The man has worked... <clears throat> Did you burp? Yes, Petey, I burped. I'm sorry. Anyway, the man has inked over 7,000-something uh, pages. He's done both DC and Marvel, and uh, he, of course, is uh, some... Uh, he's done uh, the last, uh, I think, run, or the last couple runs of uh, the Star Wars franchise uh, comic books uh, with Dark Horse. So he would have a couple things to say, I'm sure, about the moving of uh, the Star Wars line to the Disney Marvel Entertainment from Dark Horse. So we're going to talk to him about that and see how he feels about losing that gig. Because that, that was a good gig, man. It's doing Star Wars, for crying out loud. So uh, tune in for that. That's, again, January 30th on, in, on the Roundtable Show. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. Until next week, take care, everybody. <laughs>